Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. Today, we are concluding from, from a statement in the book of Hebrews that's probably the most familiar statement about Jesus in the Bible. And we hear it in different different settings, different environments, and I want to talk to you today about what it's really about and how it applies to us, because I believe the Word of God is alive, it is for today, and what it says in the Bible is for us to be applied today in our lives, and it can be, and that's the desire of teaching through Scripture, that we allow the Scripture to speak to us. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13, and I'm going to read the context of this passage, but really I'm going to focus on one area that uh, that is something that we've all heard before and this is what the word of God says remember your leaders remember this is a letter written to Jewish believers who were being tempted to turn back from their faith they were being influenced by the culture around them remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. I want to focus on this passage right here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's read that together. It'll be fun. Here we go. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever forever. You know, we live in a changing world. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but the world is changing crazy fast around us. And I was thinking about this statement, Jesus Christ said yesterday, today, and forever, knowing that like a couple thousand years ago, Jesus walked the earth. And he, he, he didn't walk the earth in the year 2000 and where we're at today. And so, but the reality is this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, back then, as he is now, as what he will be if the Lord tarries for another thousand years. And I was thinking, you know, if I was to think back at a chunk of time in my life, about how much change has happened in my world or even in your world. So let's just rewind 20 years. 20 years ago, I was 40 years old, 1999. It's when I married my beautiful bride as well, Cheryl. 1999. And I was thinking about everything that's changed in 20 years. I mean, it's, it's a lot. So cell phones, I remember the cool, it meant if you, you get a cell phone in 1999, you were the bomb. And it, you know, that's just the truth. Before that, you had an even cooler thing. It was called a beeper. Anybody remember that one? Self-driving cars were only in cartoons. You only saw them in like on the Jetsons. And, and it was like in these sci-fi things. Well, we have those today. The internet was just starting to catch on in this, this weird thing called AOL. And, and you were like, what, what, is, what is this internet? And what is this thing that's going on? Only 41% of the population was online 20 years ago. And the world's population was around 6 billion. So fast forward 20 years, two decades, that's it, just 20 years. The world's population now is at 7.7 billion. Over 90% of the world is online today. 
It's changed the way, every, every, how we process, how we get news, how we entertain ourselves, how we, unfortunately, the convenience of shopping, unfortunately. But anyway, it's changed the way how we navigate, how you get from point A to point B. I mean, remember you used to, you used to one, you used to use these things called maps, and you had to like unfold them, and then somehow, by the grace of God, fold them back which never happened, or you had these little books, that was really cool, you could like find out these, this chart and you know where to go and what page to flip to. And then this thing called MapQuest came out and you could get online and before you traveled somewhere, you would punch in the address, and then you'd print it out, and then you'd, you'd like put a paper clip it and hang it in your, in your car and it's, you know, flap in the wind. That's how we used to do things. It's really weird, and sorry if you're young, we're just lame, okay? That's just the reality. We used to have to do that. Things have changed so much. Actually, technology is causing us to change the way we think about everything, including our lives. All of us have been affected by technology, how we operate everyday lives. Employment has changed because of technology. Employment models have changed. Uh, Really, there's no need for for, um, office buildings much anymore. You can work remotely. The, The world The world's model, the work model, everything is changing. The pace of innovation is astronomical. This acceleration, it affects markets, housing prices, companies. It affects the cost of food, the cost of fuel, everything. And everything is changing all the time. And you can come to this place in your life called called change fatigue. And you're sick of it. You're like, can't something just stay the same for like two seconds? So I can figure it out because a new update on my phone, I don't know how it stinking works now. Now I don't know, I don't know what's going on. It, it, it gets to bother you. And so here's even the truth about this. No longer do companies do long-term strategies because the world's changing at such a rapid pace that their strategy in the future, in just even a couple years, it's irrelevant in just a couple years because of how fast People change, markets change, how people process information changes. So in all this change, we can feel vulnerable. We can feel like we're behind. Our lives are always being pulled, having to readjust. And we're trying to adapt all the time. So in a world of change today, I have some really good comforting news that, that all of us need to be reminded of something, that you can have full stability full strength, and full security if you will do this one thing that's the title of the message today, if you can anchor your life to Jesus. If you can do that, you can have a life that's actually, there's some peace to it. Jesus doesn't have an iOS update in the middle of the night that that you don't know how to use the next day. He remains the same, and he will never change. Guess what? He's not going anywhere. And that's what I want to talk about today regarding the statement that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, as he will be forever. And so I want to examine the truth about who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and who he will be forever. So the first truth about Jesus today is this. It's on your notes there. Number one, in a changing world, Jesus remains the same. In a changing world, Jesus remains the same. So we've talked about how how things are changing. And not all change is bad, but things are changing. Matter of fact, 100 years ago, the life expectancy for a male in the U.S. was 37 years old. Today, it's 76 years old. So though things are changing, some of the change isn't, isn't bad. But the fact is this, everything is changing in the world. Technology is changing, but here's the other thing that is changing at a rapid, rapid 
um, pace in our nation and in the world, morals are changing faster and quicker than ever before. With our speed of information, people are challenged all the time about their morals. The Bible is challenged all the time. The truth of Jesus is challenged all the time. And with the, with the, the, um, the increase of information and the increase of the enemy roaming the earth to try to de, um, decredit the word of God and who Jesus is, what's happening is that Jesus is being challenged. We're being, we're being confronted all the time. And that what's happening is the challenge is this, that the Bible has changed or the meaning of the Bible has changed. Or I've even heard some, some, uh, some pastors who dare call themselves pastors talk about how if Jesus was on the earth, he would act differently than what he did then. He would speak differently than what he did then. He would change from what the Bible spoke about 2,000 years ago. But according to the Bible, that's a lie. It is not true. Because our Savior and King our, is in our faith is, is linked to Jesus Christ. And that what the Bible says is that Jesus is the same yesterday, 2,000 years ago, as he is today, as what he will be forever. And so is truth. Amen? And that's for us as a community. We need to understand our, our children, our, our own world are being confronted all the time about trying to change who Jesus is, trying to change the validity of the, of the Word of God. But everything that challenges that or says it is changing is a lie because the Word of God is clear, it will stand forever, and the truth of Jesus Christ will hold fast into eternity forever. But everything is, is being challenged. Our morals is being challenged. Our view of marriage is being challenged. Sexuality is being challenged. The good news of, of, of the saving gospel of, G, of Jesus Christ is being challenged. But this is what we know, that Jesus remains the same. It is exactly the same today as it was when our Savior walked the earth. He has not changed. Truth has not changed. And it will never change forever. And I'm grateful for that. That's what this passage is saying to encourage us today. So many times the enemy can come in and try to bring insecurities in our life. And, well, I don't know, is that really true? Is that really what the Bible says? Does it really, what, 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 it, what it means? Let me just help you out. Yes. What the Bible says is actually what it means. It hasn't changed. And you can anchor your life to the truth of Jesus Christ and to the truth of the Word. So what this verse means is, what is whatever is taught in the Bible is for us to live out today in our Christian life. It's for us to teach our children. It's for us to preach from our pulpits. It's for us to declare to the world, you can rest assured that the Bible was written to mean what it says and it's still alive, it's still powerful today, and it will not change. That's, what, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I have really st strived to teach from the Scriptures, not to teach topics and ideas, because I will tell you this, there's all types of great books out there. Anybody reads tons of great books about the Bible, but what's interesting is a lot of people read more books about the Bible than they do, about, than they do reading the Bible. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, listen, read many books, but you need to live in the Bible. The Bible is the inspired word of God. Amen. 
It is, it, is, it is written from the life of God. God breathed on it for us to have. That's why there's so much confusion and theology and strange teachings that, that happen and, and people really double down on certain things that are only a portion of the whole counsel of Scripture. It's not the whole counsel of Scripture. So this is what we know is this, that if you are a Christian, the Word of God is not given to us as some ideal program. And even in, in the statement about about um, Jesus same yesterday, today, and forever, even as this idea of generations, you see them there. And so the reality is this, it's, it, the Bible isn't some ideal thought process or philosophy for a prior generation to live, and now uh, that's just outdated. To, it, but it is for us to live today, it's for us to believe in, it's for us to follow it today. And if you are following the Bible for what it says, if you're following Jesus as a follower of Jesus, you're saying that Jesus is the Lord and the leader of my life. And what he said is written in this word and will never, it will never be superseded. That truth will never be transformed or changed because it is the truth. And as we read in the beginning of Hebrews, God has spoken. Therefore, it is true. Period. So Jesus, this is what I love about who Jesus is, the same yesterday as he is today. Jesus is still the friend of sinners. I'm grateful for that. Jesus is still the bread of life, and all who taste of him will experience eternal life. Jesus is still the light of the world. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. He's still my Lord and my master and the master of the universe. He's still the first, and he's still the last. He's still the resurrection and the life. He's still the only one son of God. He's still the Alpha and Omega, and all of us who call him Lord, we serve him, and he's still all those things. Amen? That's who he is. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and will be forever. The second truth about Jesus from this passage today is this. What Jesus accomplished by his death and his resurrection then is still at work now, today. It's still at work there wasn't this dispensation about what Jesus did then really isn't the same. That's really not what's going on today. Well, according to the Scripture and the counsel of the whole Bible, that's just simply not true because Jesus, what he did then is still at work today. The truth is Jesus took on human flesh in Bethlehem. But he existed a long time before them. He coexisted with, the, with, the, with, with an eternal God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't come to the planet Earth just to teach. He didn't come just to heal. But here's the truth of why Jesus came and the work of what he did. He came to suffer, and he came to die, and he came to be raised the dead for the salvation of the whole world. This matters about the work of Jesus. This isn't about Jesus, let's, let's serve Jesus so we can get healthy, wealthy, and wise. This isn't just let's serve Jesus so, so we can get our bodies healed, though Jesus heals. This isn't about let's serve Jesus so we can get wisdom in our minds on this earth. No, no, this is let's run to Jesus so we can be saved and transformed because that's the message we need every day of our lives and that's the message that the world needs every day. 
That's why Paul was talking about this whole idea about, about really understanding why Jesus came. That the work of Jesus still remains. He's still pressing forward. And Paul, who was educated more than any other person that we, that we probably have in the Bible. He was sharp. He was smart. He was a leader. He was charismatic. He, I mean, he, I, the, the guy was, he was everything. He was everything in the package. He could have... He he could have reasoned with people. He could have intellectually talked with people. And he could have done it probably without even the Spirit. But this is what he said this. This is what I'm choosing to do. In our first Corinthians, he said this. For what I received, pass on to you as of first importance. Everybody say first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That he was buried and he was raised in the third day according to the scriptures. He said this, if you're going to get anything about from everything that I say, this is what I want you to know this, of first importance, Christ died for our sins and he rose from the dead according to the word of God. And this is the beauty of what Jesus has done. He paid the debt I could not pay. And the old song says, because I needed someone. To wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song. Amazing grace all day long. This is what Jesus came to do for us. But the death of Jesus is only part of the gospel. And what he did yesterday, also we need to understand what he accomplished. Just not his death, but he was buried and God raised him from the dead. Meaning there is a resurrection power. There is an authority over, over death that comes in Jesus Christ. There is authority over things in your life that have died. That in Jesus he can bring back to life. There is an authority, whether it's a dead relationship, whether it's a, a mind that's been deadened by, by, by the poison of the world, whether it's, it's the death of, of, of a dream, whether it's a death of, of something that's part of your heart, whatever it is, in Jesus Christ, because he conquered death, in Jesus he can resurrect his life in your life today. That's what Jesus did yesterday, and that's what Jesus is still doing today. That he wasn't just buried and, okay, well, he's dead. No, he's alive today, which gave credibility to his whole ministry. He walked the earth for 40 days and he interacted with people. Listen, how, how, how many know that kind of gives you some credibility, right? So you're dead and then you're alive and you're hanging out. Can you imagine hanging out with Jesus after you just risen from the dead? And you're thinking, weren't you dead? He's like, yeah. And you're alive now? You want to touch me? And they, they were blown away. And what he said is this. He's, the, the reality is this. He conquered death. He conquered hell. And he conquered the grave. And he's still doing that today in our lives. But this is what I love about Jesus. You know, I, I get the opportunity to, to minister around places in the world that they have a, a shrine set to a spiritual leader and his bones are there or, or some, some guy who thought he was God and then he died and his bones are there. And as I was thinking through all of these areas, even the great pyramids of Egypt and their tombs, that, that they thought they were gods but they're still there. The Taj Mahal in, in um, India is a mausoleum. In China, the Ming Dynasty emperors who were elevated to a place of, of, uh, of being divine, they're buried in huge 
tombs. All these graves and all these tombs that I've seen of these um, supposedly spiritual leaders, they have something in common. They're all full of dead bones. But I've been to Jerusalem, and guess what? There's an empty tomb where Jesus used to be. He's alive. There's power in his resurrection. And since Jesus is the same today as he was then, his ministry and his call and his power is the same today as it was then. The same resurrection power. So what that means is is Jesus from the Gospels, as you read them, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, calming the storms, feeding the hungry, speaking words of forgiveness, taking people who were overcome by sin and rejected by the religious society, bringing them back into, the, into his fold and, and restoring dignity to those who had been hurt and broken by people and, and men. And, and he, he delivered people from demons and broke the back of strongholds of people's lives. And not only did he do that, he gave instructions to the disciples on how to live their lives and how to follow him and and how to be a man of God and a woman of God. Everything he said and and did there is the same thing he is saying and doing today on this earth through our lives. That's what we need to understand. So when Jesus said this, listen, in order to follow me, you need to, if you want to come after me, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Guess what? That still is the case today. It still means the same thing it meant then. Also, when Jesus said this, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's still the ministry that Jesus does today in our lives, every day of our lives. Jesus hasn't changed his work. He hasn't, the gospel hasn't changed at all. It still remains. And as you guys know about me, I'm passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I'm, 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 I'm passionate about it. It's because I need to be reminded of it every day of my life. I'm reminded of my own shortcomings. I'm reminded of my own brokenness. I'm reminded... And I'm a product of, of, of a broken world. I'm reminded of that. So every day, I bathe myself in the truth that Jesus, you died for me. You rose from the dead. That your gospel of grace pours over my life. That just today, I can have a new start. Because as the, as the sun rises, your mercies and, and you are, your grace, it is new every morning to me. And it helps me walk things out. It helps me interact with people in my life. It helps me love people who are cranky one day and and I can still love them the next because God's grace on your life. Anybody know a cranky person? Don't point to them. Do you know them though? The reason why I need the grace every day of my life is, I'll tell you this, because I work with people. And guess what? They have to work with me. And we need the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to be the center of this church. How you see, but don't see people the way that you see them. See people the way that Jesus sees them. It will transform your life. And I need it, and you need it in your life. But when these disciples, and when I think about the disciples, that they committed their lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They committed their lives to the gospel. They actually all died preaching the gospel. When I think about what they would think about the gospel that we preach today, or even if the founders of our churches or great revivals that happened over the, over the centuries, how God used a man or a woman to bring forth revival, 
I don't think there's anything that would bring them more joy and delight to know that the gospel that they preached then is the gospel that we preach now. I don't think they'd be, hey, hey, I don't think they care about the size of our building. They don't care how pretty things are. You know what they care about? Is the true, pure gospel of Jesus being presented. And as they live their pattern of life after Jesus, do we follow their pattern in life? But more than them, what matters to me is that our God and our Savior can delight in what Jesus came to do. And that through, through this ministry, through your life, through the church of the world, that the gospel of Jesus Christ continues to be preached the same way that Jesus declared it is the same way that we declare it today. That's what really matters. Our job is to make sure that we allow Jesus through us to be the same Jesus he was then as he is now through our hearts and through our ministries. To continue to reaching the lost, to reach a dying, broken world. Remember, Jesus didn't come for the well. He came for those who were sick. Remember, Jesus didn't come for the elite. He came for the down and out. Remember, Jesus didn't come for, for those who made it into the, into the church click. He came into the world to reach those that most churches will reject. That's why Jesus came. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it goes to the ends of the earth, to the broken, to the hurting, to those that most religious people will flip their nose up to and say, oh, stay away from me, you're evil. Jesus said, no, you give them to me. I'm going to set them free, deliver them, and give them a purpose to live on this earth. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I got worked up on that one. Hallelujah. That was good. That the reality that us for a church, that we would continue to reach a dying, lost world. We would continue to make disciples. We would continue to experience the presence of Jesus when we come together and worship Him. I don't want to pass on Religion to my kids. I don't want to pass on a system, a building, or to grandchildren. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want them falling in love with how we do church or, or the systems we use to do church. I want to pass on to my children and my grandchildren a passion and love of Jesus Christ. I want them to fall in love with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I want them to do whatever it takes to continue, not the ministry of Jason, not the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel, but the ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth. That's what we want to pass on to people. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, listen, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in other words, make sure that he's at the center of everything that you're doing. What I've found is this, just a little side note, that those who have fallen in love with religion, because there, there's, you know, there's this cliche that says, um, you know, listen, uh, following Jesus, it's about a relationship, not religion. That cliche is absolutely true. It's about, a re- it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, and what I've found is those who fall in love with religion are consumed with how church is done. 
Those who have fallen in love with Jesus are concerned, consumed with what the church is doing to reach another soul, what the church is doing to reach the lost, what the church is doing to continue the ministry of Jesus. Why? Because their, their, their church and their ways and their systems and their methods for the religious people, that is the center. But to the person in a relationship with Jesus, they go back and they see that Jesus, that he is the same yesterday as he is today as he will be forever. So let's honor Jesus and how he did ministry. Let's do it the way Jesus did it. That's what really, that's what I want to pass on to my family. That's what I want to pass on to other pastors that would come after me. That's what I, we as a church, want to pass on to people who will be here after us. And the last truth about Jesus is this, that Jesus has been and will be King of kings and Lord of lords forever. Amen. He will be forever. Your life of following Jesus is not just about what it was. It's not just about what it is today. Very important, it's about what will be one day. And our Savior that calls, this blows my mind, He calls us His friends. Like, He calls me His friend. I'm not worthy of friendship. I was an enemy of God. But he calls me his friend. That God also is the God of the universe. That God measures the universe by the span of his hand. And he calls me his family. And he loves me. And he loves you. And he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And Jesus is preparing a place for us to be with him. He will return. But he calls me his friend. And he will reign forever and ever. Because that Jesus who was and is also is to come. That's why Revelation, speaking of Jesus, says this, and he, meaning Jesus, will reign forever and ever. In the Bible, Jesus is unchanging. He doesn't change. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of, of how the world tries to discredit the word of God, Jesus doesn't change. In cults, we know this. Somehow, they always seem to, 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 to spin Jesus, how Jesus has changed a little bit. Jehovah Witnesses says this, Jesus is, the, is Michael the archangel who became a man and became Michael the archangel again. Weird, bizarre, wrong. Mormonism, Jesus is the spirit begotten creature in the preexistence that became a man and then became God. On all cults account when it comes to Jesus, Jesus has changed, his nature changes, not so in Christianity. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, as he will be forever. You know what that tells all of us today and tells you? This means our friend Jesus He's here with you today. He's helping guide you today. He's involved in your everyday life. 
He's not a feeling. He's not a theoretical presence. He's actually here with you today. You are not alone, and you weren't alone then when you thought you were, and you are not alone now. You will never be alone because he is a friend who sticks closer than, than a brother because he's the same as he was then. That's why when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, it was very important. He could have said a million different things, but he gave them their commission, and then he gave them this assurance. And I want you to hear this today. You may feel alone. You may feel empty. You may feel like maybe Jesus has left me somewhere. He's, I, I've, I've gone too far away from him. You need to know this, that Jesus is with you always to the very end of the age. He will be with you. He will walk with you. He is faithful. He will never quit on you. He will stay in the fight with you. He'll stay in the game with you. He'll run the race with you. He will never abandon you. He will never back down from you. He will never change. You don't have to worry about God failing you. You, you don't have to worry about God changing his mind about you or rejecting you because he cannot change. He cannot break a promise. He cannot stop loving you if you are in Christ. He cannot cast you away. Jesus said that no one, for those that God has put in his hands, that no one, everybody say no one, no one can pluck you from his hands. No one. Though people change, though you change, the world changes, <laughs> our God, our Jesus changes not. He will not change. And this is what I know. You can anchor your life to Jesus. You can anchor your life. Every storm, every issue, Everything that you think, oh my Lord, the country's falling apart, the world's falling apart. Listen, this is, listen, okay, yeah. But Jesus isn't. And you anchor your life and your ship to Him. And come hell or high water, He's going to maintain you. He's going to keep you. He's going to guide you. He's going to be the one that steadies your boat, your life. When everyone else is freaking out, you're going to have a peace. Why? You're like, well, I'm anchored to Jesus. You want to anchor? You want to hook on? He's right there. And that's the truth about our Savior. That we can anchor our life to Him. So this statement, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, as he will be forever. What does that mean for you in your life? This is, the, this is the challenging piece of this passage, if that's true, and it is. Do you remember a time when you were hungry for God? When you used to come to Jesus with passion? And you just wanted all that God had for you because you loved Jesus. You couldn't, are you just passionate about Jesus? That desire in you came from God. But the question is, is that passion still there? Because Jesus hasn't changed. He's still the same. He's still your redeemer. He's still your anointer. He's still the one that, that empowers you. The life 
that you lived walking and serving Jesus then is the same that you have today, but does it look the same? When was the last time you asked God to use you for His glory like you, like you used to? You used to, oh God, Lord, I want to be used if you put your hand on me. God, I seek you. God, let me be a light in this dark world. What happened to that? Because Jesus hasn't changed. And His call on your life hasn't changed because the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. He's placed them on you. They're there. They're still there. Do you remember how excited you were to come to be with God's people and get into God's presence through worship and you just couldn't wait till the doors open so you could be with God's people? Maybe that passion has waned over the years. Well, Jesus is still worthy to be praised. He's still worthy to give a sacrifice of praise. God still inhabits and comes and sets up where his people praise and worship him. He still is waiting for your heart to be passionate to reach out to him as it used to be because Jesus hasn't changed, have you? Do you remember the trust that you used to have in God? That as you could go through circumstances that, look, the Lord's going to take care of me. There is a steadiness in your life. Lord, you can carry my troubles. You can carry my burdens. You can carry my broken heart. Listen, Jesus is still the same today as he was then. The same God that met your need then is the same God that wants to meet your need now. Do you remember the passion you used to have to share your story about Jesus and tell everybody what Jesus had done in your life? What Jesus had saved you from? Do you still have that passion? Jesus hasn't changed. So the challenge of this word is for us to say, Lord, I am bringing my life back into an alignment with you. I'm shoring up my anchor to who you are. And if that statement is true, let my life look like I believe it. That you're the same then as you are now and what will be in the future. I think all of us could probably open our hearts and say, Lord, I need to rekindle that passion for you. We get so distracted in our changing world all the time that we lose the anchoring of Jesus just in our life, in our mindset, in our our beliefs. And it's time. It's time for us as a church to put Jesus at the center and for us to continue to walk out the reality of that statement that Jesus, you're the same yesterday as you are today, as you will be tomorrow. Our mission doesn't change and Jesus doesn't change. So I just want to lead us in a time that maybe the Holy Spirit can speak to you. He can minister maybe to you. He can reveal some things in your life that have maybe gotten off kilter. Maybe you've been so infatuated with how things happen at church that you've forgotten that really you're a part of what the church is doing in a broken world. I can do the same. I get so busy with how church works that that I lose the, the sight of what the church should be, what, we should, what I should be doing, what my heart should be beating. 
that Jesus should be the driving force of everything that I do. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.